brother. Have we started the fire? Yes. The fire rises. Ooh, welcome, citizens of Gotham, to The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast focusing on all things the Dark Knight and his world. If you'd like to connect with the show, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. And if you have thoughts, questions, comments, maybe even suggestions for future episodes of the show, you can send those to our email at tfrbatpod at gmail.com. My name is Eric Carter, and I am your host, and we are finally back. We had a little bit of a delay between episodes, but we are finally back. And today we are here to discuss what we've got coming up in the future on the show, and also we're going to talk about the most two recent episodes of Season 3 of Titans. And joining me once again, as always, my regular co-host, Mr. Joseph Fornerado. Joe, feels like it's been a minute since we've done this, buddy. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. It's uh, thank you for having me back on, and yeah, I, I think it'll be, it's probably a good uh, a good one to to wrap up two episodes at a time here for for Titans. So we'll uh, we'll get into that and and look forward to to keep this going. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just as a little bit of uh, clarity. The busy Labor Day weekend kind of stalled recording last week, so we're just kind of we're we're kind of catching up right now. But we we decided instead of doing bon, uh, two separate bonus episodes on the episodes of Titans, we're just going to cover them all in one episode and get it out of the way. So, well, not get it out of the way. That kind of sounds dismissive. I didn't mean it that way. Um, but yeah, but first we're going to talk about a few things that we've got upcoming. Um, firstly, next weekend, and I feel like it's kind of snuck up on us. I don't feel like there's been a lot of advertisement up until last week. Um, this coming Saturday, September 18th, is Batman Day. So what do you think, Joe? Has has your local shop got anything going on for Batman Day? Or, or are you excited? Is there anything that caught your eye about Batman Day this year? I'll be honest. I, I've been pretty out of the loop with the whole Batman day. I think you told me that next week is Batman day yesterday or the day before. And that was really the first thing I, first time I even heard about it, I totally forgot that, you know, Batman day is a, a yearly thing and I hadn't heard anything about it. And I'm even out of the loop at my local shop. I haven't been to my local shop since uh, free comic book day. So I don't know if they're planning any type of fun promos or anything. I don't think so. I'm not aware of anything, but uh, I have to really look into 
what is involved with Batman Day. Sometimes they have cool like uh, free comics or, or, you know, they'll reissue. I think it was a couple years ago they reissued like Batman number one from Rebirth and gave it out at like Barnes and Nobles and stuff like that. So I don't know. I got to I got to look into it still. Uh, yeah, I know that one of the really cool ones was maybe two years ago. They did a reissue of um, uh, the Batman Who Laughs number one for Batman Day. And it was it was like a, a unique cover for Batman Day. So that was pretty cool. Um, I, I want to say yes. Okay. So I've got the article pulled up here cause DC put out a pretty good article that's on our Twitter page. If you want to check that out, um, about Batman day and it's got a lot of listings of stuff that's coming. I know this week, Batman, the world, which is headlined by Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo is coming on Tuesday. And that's a, that's a big graphic novel, uh, from a bunch of different teams around the world, but um, the Lieber Mayho and Brian Azzarello story, just that portion of it is being released as a free comic for, for uh, Batman today. So maybe that'll be at your shop, Joe. Yeah, that would definitely be something I would pick up. Cause I, I haven't seen all of the, uh, the creators involved in that book, but I will, I mean, anytime Azzarello and Bermeo get together for something, I'm, I'm definitely picking that up. So I'll, I really have to look into the world and see what, or, uh, is it Batman world or Batman the world? I'll have uh, Batman to, the world. Yeah, I'll have to look into that and see what other creators are there. But chances are I'll be picking that the whole uh, collection up. Nice. I think so, too. Uh, it's it's going to be in a hardcover coming this Tuesday, I think. So that that's exciting. That'll probably be at Barnes and & Noble and places like that. I'm, I'm hoping it's one of those big, like, black label oversized hardcovers because Bermejo's art really looks good in oversized pages. Um, but other than that, we have, uh, we have several things listed. There's things for the bat tech app, which I didn't even know this was a thing, Joe. Uh, have you seen this bat tech app? I know it's for, I think it's for younger Batman fans, but it looks pretty neat. Have you seen this? No, I haven't. It, it just, you saying that kind of reminds me, they came out with a, uh, I want to say, what is it called? The dark. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. The dark Knight manual, which had a lot of, uh, cool Batman stuff from the Dark Knight trilogy, which was more geared towards kids. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if they could that and ran with it. So I'll have to look into that. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. It looks like it's got a lot of uh, like VR aspects to it. Um, and then it, it's it's got a lot of interactive stuff about Batman's world. So it, it looks pretty neat. And they're, they're dropping some exclusive content for that on Batman day as well. So that's, that's pretty neat. So if you've got uh, younger bat fans in your, in your life, that may be something to look into. Um, but I think the, the biggest main event for Batman day this year is they are releasing, um, the Batman podcast on HBO max. And I'm trying to remember the name of that one. But I know it, it stars um, Jeffrey Wright. That's the one with Jeffrey Wright as Batman. Yes, right? Jeffrey Wright. Thank you. I was struggling with that. Uh, Jeffrey Wright as Batman, and that is that is going to come out in its entirety on HBO Max on Saturday, uh, September eighteenth, for Batman Day. So, what do you think about this this HBO Max diving into the world of podcasting, Joe? Um, so it's called Batman: The Audio Adventures Podcast. Yes, that's pulled uh, it up real quick. So I. I'm just hoping, and this is probably a little trivial on my part, but HBO Max is not an app that can run in the background on your phone. So I'm hoping they have some way of allowing you to do that through the app because I'm obviously going to check out this podcast. But Mm -hmm. 
it would be a little hard for me. I, I can't imagine just sitting on my, you know, sitting on my phone with it open and, and just listening to a podcast with the app open. I'd rather listen to it while I'm driving at work or, or something like that. But either way, I'm definitely checking it out. I'm very intrigued because this is the one that has more of a, a comedic um, tone to it, if I'm not mistaken. So, yes, that's that's what I've been led to believe before now. But then, I mean, when you um, when you look at the article on DC Comics website, it says that the Batman, the audio adventures draws inspiration from the vintage noir atmosphere of the celebrated Batman, the animated series, the spirited fun of the classic 60s Batman TV series and the entire 80 plus year history of Batman. So. It's interesting that it that it kind of it's it's drawing inspiration from the animated series and '60s Batman because those are two very different interpretations of Batman. Yeah, I could see it being almost like a Brave and the Bold type of story though, because Brave and the Bold kind of did that. Um, so yeah, but that makes it intriguing almost, is almost more intriguing because it is something that seems kind of. Um, for lack of a better term that I, you know, cause I'm not great with words, uh, like almost like a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. So it might be fun to, to hear uh, like a parody almost, but like, but like a fun way of doing it without making fun of it. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, they have a great cast lined up for it, so it'll be really any type of new Batman content. And then I keep saying podcast. It's almost more of like a radio drama. I would assume. Well, yeah, but I mean, most of these are. It's it, it seems like. Did you ever listen to the Wolverine podcast? Yeah. Okay, so it's that's basically what it is. Is a radio drama. Okay. Um, yeah, but the like you said, the cast here, the cast is intriguing because you've got some very some very comedic characters like Keenan Thompson and Alan Tudyk in the cast, but then you've also got uh, Brooke Shields. As a voice, yeah, and then Jeffrey Wright and several several others. Uh, so it's it, Ray Wise is in it. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what we get. Um, I know I'm looking forward to the Spotify podcast, Batman Unburied. Um, so I think it's fun that we're getting two podcasts here or radio dramas that are kind of. It seems like they're kind of different shades of the batman character so that's always fun when you get different representations of batman oh that's one of batman's greatest aspects is that he is so it's the term malleable where like you can get so many different uh, versions you can have a comedic take you can have a serious take even in those two genres you have multiple subgenres within them that you could really pull from and so yeah it's it's great to have especially since we're having two podcasts come out I would assume relatively close to one another. We don't know much about the Goyer one yet, but it would be kind of boring if they were both, you know, very serious takes. And, you know, it, it's it's nice that they're so different. Yes. Uh, I will say so far as the Batman Unburied podcast, I don't know. I still don't know when that one's coming. I don't think they've given us, given us a date, but it has um, Winston Duke from Black Panther fame. That's Star, right. Starring as Batman. So that's that's interesting. And Jason Isaacs will be Alfred. So a pretty good pretty good one-two punch so far as voice casting there. So I'm looking 
Yeah, so looking forward to that one. But outside of Batman Day, hopefully we'll be able to bring you guys a, a Batman Day episode next weekend. But uh, just to catch you guys up on a little bit of what we've got going on, we are planning on um, at some point in the next few weeks uh, getting you guys a part two episode of the long Halloween animated film. <laughs> I've been looking to looking forward to recording that one for a while. It's just scheduling at this point. Uh, Joe, you know how frustrating it can be with scheduling a podcast. Yeah, we've both been pretty busy. I was on nights this week at work, and like you said, we had Labor Day last weekend. And um, I know we're trying to get Matt back on for that one, so hopefully we can try to get uh, get him back for it, and hopefully we can get that out soon. Yeah, we we are going to get Matt back on. So that's until we can get Matt. I'm I'm not going to record the episode. So you guys will get Batman: The Long Halloween Part Two very soon. But um, de- when is depending on scheduling. But outside of that, we have the spooky season coming. So I wanted to get you guys prepared and let you know that our Halloween episode this year for our first year is going to be Batman and Dracula Red Rain. And this is I feel like it's a pretty good time to do this because we haven't done a comic in a little while. And it'll be fun to jump back into uh, a spooky Batman comic for Halloween. So, Joe, I. You've read Red Rain before, correct? Yes, I read it once. I'm going to say at least four or five years ago, and I'm looking forward to 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 going back to it because I don't. I remember. I don't remember if I read the sequel or not, but I remember. I remember enjoying it, but I remember it being very different than what I expected. So it might be better for me now going back into it and you know not having not having anything influence how I'm reading it. And mm-hmm. I think it's definitely better to read at Halloween time. And, you know, like you said, considering we're, we already kind of covered <laughs> long Halloween multiple times between the comic and now the video, uh, the, the Blu-ray, this is, uh, this seems like a pretty great story for Halloween time. Yeah, for sure. So that is kind of your homework for the month of October. Make sure you, you read along with us. And uh, get prepared for our Batman and Dracula Red Rain episode. I'm also thinking, and I ha- and and I'm asking you this for the first time, Joe. So this is uh, live on the air, so to say, so to speak. Um, I'm thinking we may cover um, the Batman versus Dracula, the animated film. What do you think about that one? Uh, that'd be fine. That's actually the first thing I ever watched from the Batman animated show. Um, I remember hearing that that was a really good thing to watch for Halloween. I think from Holy Badcast, someone mentioned it on there. Mm-hmm. I know Brent a big fan of that sh- uh, the show, so I went and watched that, and it actually got me into the the animated show. So I I, I watch that every year for Halloween anyway. So that's an easy one. Yes, and uh, it is. I think it's a very good movie. I think it's underrated, which kind of tracks because I think the Batman as a series is underrated. So I think that'll be a that'll be a fun one to dive into. But uh, speaking of of the holidays, also another little announcement here. You've probably seen it on Twitter if you're listening. But we are going to have a holiday giveaway to celebrate our our first year as a podcast and our first holiday season as a podcast. So coming up in December, and you'll have to keep listening to the show and keep up with our uh, social media pages to stay abreast of how you can enter this contest. But we're going to be doing a giveaway, and the grand prize will be a copy of Absolute Batman The Killing Joke. But we have other prizes that include um, some of the Hot Wheels The Batman Batmobiles, which I know is (laughs) – 
kind of controversial on which side you stand on that car. But anyway, we're going to give we're going to give a few of them away. Uh, we also have uh, talking about the movie we were just talking about a few minutes ago. We have a digital code for Batman: The Long Halloween Part Two, and we have a, uh, another few prizes sprinkled in and out. So keep up with us on the show and on our social media to stay to stay involved and and find out how you can enter the contest. I'll be releasing those details very soon. But uh, a, a big giveaway, Joe. What do you think about our our first giveaway? Um. Yeah, I, I'm kind of bummed that I'm I'm not eligible for the for the Batmobile, even though I'm not that much of a fan. It, it could have. Uh, I still have to have it. I'm gonna have to have that uh, the Hot Wheels Batmobile, whether whether I'm the biggest fan of it or not. It's still a cool item to have. And yeah, luckily the fans um, the fans of the show can kind of take advantage of the fact that I spent way too much money on the Long Halloween Part One and Part Two by uh, <laughs> you know buying the digital. And then the disc twice, so <laughs> that's out. But yeah, and they're, uh, they're going to get you again. Oh yeah, the, uh, well with the, <laughs> with the deluxe, I don't think I'll double dip for the deluxe, but I will definitely, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be buying again when that comes out. You think they'll do two release dates for that? I would hope not, but you never know. Ah, yeah, like one that would really need to do that because we already have parts one and parts two. I mean, part one. Yes. Yes. But anyway, keep your eyes and your ears uh, attuned to the Fire Rises to find out how you can enter to win some of these very cool prizes. But the last thing I really wanted to bring up before we get into Titans is the fact that October is going to be a really busy month for us, Joe, because not to mention the, the Halloween things that we've already talked about, but we also have DC Fandom coming up. In October, we haven't ironed out what we're going to do on this show for Fandom yet, but I'm looking really forward to it. And it looks like we're going to get another trailer for the Batman. So I imagine we'll be discussing that. What do you think, Joe? What uh, are you looking forward to Fandom? And what do you think we can expect? Uh, I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Fandom last year was probably one of the highlights of the year for for DC fans. Uh, you know, it, we got so much great content out of Fandom. Our first look at the Batman last year, already over a year ago, still haven't had anything since then because of all the delays and stuff. But uh, I actually, I think Fandom was a huge hit last year. I know people complained about, uh, I remember originally they released it like some things were simultaneous and then you couldn't watch certain things. But then you were able to watch everything and, you know, within those two days, like they had stuff listed on the site and it was, it was really just a, I want to say like a pilot program almost of how they could see what worked and what didn't. And I think this year they made the right call where they kind of condensed it a little bit where I think it's what, four hours this year or five hours. I think it's from one o'clock to five o'clock. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I believe it's a, it's a, uh, it's a four hour program this year, which like you said, I think they've, they've trimmed a lot of fat. Um, there was a lot of things, not, not saying that these things weren't fun last year, but like, um, the the cast of Wonder Woman eighty four playing the 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 werewolf game or was that the Suicide Squad I can't remember but anyway one of those casts played like a it was one uh, yeah Wonder Woman okay so that stuff like that I I really don't need uh, I think times like that were kind of our our chance last year to to go stretch our legs or get something to eat or something like that and that's not to disparage the cast that did that. 
It's just when you're looking forward to trailers and features and things like that, that's not really um, top priority. So I think they they took the feedback from that and they've they've kind of streamlined the event. And I'm looking forward to it today. I'm kind of glad they're not doing a day two like they did last year because, to be honest with you, I kind of checked out after day one. What about you? Yeah, because I think most of the events, the major ones were day one. And then day two was kind of when I think I went back and there was some – I want to say day two had no schedule. It was you could go on and just click on whatever you wanted to watch. So I'm hoping they kind of still do that this year where you have mm-hmm. the four-hour runtime of the events, and then they might still be some supplementary material on the website. And like you said, they, they streamlined it. They they took what worked and really are going to focus on that. And I think also, let's not forget, last year was a, you know, not that we're back to quote-unquote normal right now, but last year in the summer, it was it was really just a fun thing to do for a lot of us that really could, there was nothing to do last summer. Where this year we're, we're able to start doing more things. And I think DC is going to give us what we need this year, as opposed to extending something and really seeing what worked and what didn't. I think this year, you know, we're going to get the major stuff that everyone is really excited about. Yeah, I agree. And if I have one nitpick of fandom and I, and I know that they're not going to address this nitpick this year because everything's already in the can, if I have one nitpick, I'd say that I wish they would do some of the panels and stuff more kind of a live event. Um, I think knowing that it's pre-recorded kind of takes you out of it just a little bit because uh, it, it takes away from being the kind of, the kind of live convention uh, tone. So I think it would be cool in the future if they did sort of a kind of a, a live panel for each film or whatever they're going to cover that way you could get a little fan interaction live versus however they're obtaining fan questions. Now, I don't know how they're doing it. Like last year, I don't know how they picked questions. So the, my only nitpick is I'd like to see a little bit more live stuff. Yeah, I could see that. I, I don't even, the live thing doesn't bother me as much as I'm hoping this year with us being in a different situation. I hope there's more in-person panels. So instead of having everyone on zoom, if we get the Batman cast, they might get them together in a room and actually have in-person conversations between them. You know, I don't need to interact necessarily, but I would like to see them interacting in person or, or maybe have, instead of Matt Reeves being on like a big blue screen set, maybe he's actually on the WB lot or in, um, you know, if they filmed on studios in Glasgow or I'm not sure where the studios were actually, uh, the studio shooting actually took place for the Batman, but if they were, kind of more you know behind the scenes stuff that was actually on set or you know that kind of i guess that kind of not interaction but just more i don't know more <laughs> you know what i'm so, trying to say like instead of so having- how you, ju- you just gave me an idea how cool would it be if they had their panel in the bat cave on set with the <laughs> batmobile in the background Exactly. Like have them all sitting around the back computer or with, you know, with the Batmobile there, um, they would have to tell us it's the Batmobile, but you know, oh, <laughs> I'm just, here kidding. we go. <laughs> I can't let it go. I'm sorry. Um, but no, yeah. Like something like that. Or if they do show, you know, a, a sneak peek of the flash, you know, have a tease of maybe that Batcave cave or, or, you know, some type of 
set where Barry lives or anything like that would be a lot of fun. More behind the scenes stuff because they really weren't able to do that last year for obvious reasons. For sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're, we're both very much looking forward to fandom and I look forward to covering it in whatever way we do. We're going to have to, I think you're working that day, aren't you, Joe? I am. I have to decide whether I'm going to try to rough it out and watch as much as I can while I'm working or if I'm going to just take the day off and uh, and come home and watch it. Well, if you uh, decide to take the day off, <laughs> just, just know that one way or the other, we are going to get you guys a fandom episode. But today we are not here to talk about fandom uh, other than just covering it as a future topic. We are here for our main event today to talk about Season 3 of Titans. So last time we covered, in a, in a bonus episode, we covered Episode 5, which was titled Lazarus. Well, today we've got two episodes for you, since we didn't get to record last week. And the first one we're going to talk about today is Season 3, Episode 6, titled Lady Vic. And here's your synopsis. Six years before the present, a romantically involved Dick and Barbara engage in a series of museum heists. The robberies lead to them battling the assassin Lady Vic where they inadvertently cause the death of her partner. In the present, Crane has Lady Vic steal a medical device that will rapidly distribute his drug. Jason circumvents Crane's authority by giving the drug to street criminals, resulting in a wave of violence that sees Tim's, Tim Drake's father, Jack, get shot. Barbara survives an attack from Lady Vic, but Lady Vic succeeds in obtaining a picture of her for Crane. Despite mounting tensions between her and Corey, Blackfire assists the Titans by uncovering that Crane is working with Gotham's mob bosses. So, Joe, episode six, Lady Vic, what did you think of this one? So, it's a, it's definitely, it's more of like a transition episode, I think is what I said to you uh, mm when we watched it i still like the episode there is still some great stuff i think the highlight of the episode is the fight with barbara and lady vic at the end not to jump right to the end but it seemed like a character building episode for dick and barbara more than anything uh, yes um i think for me and and i may have said this about a previous episode but this one has definitely overtaken whichever episode that was to me, this is the weakest of the season. Um, this is the one I did. Was it episode four? We talked about kind of a dip in in, in the action and things like that. This yeah, for me, it was between episode two and four. Yeah, this one I think is. It's like you said, it's a transition episode. Uh, I do have nitpicks here. I think I told you while I was watching it. Um, I I don't need to see Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon as as thieves. That. To me, that's one of those those uh, those I guess risky decisions that Titans sometimes make. That I just it's it's not for me. I'm not saying it didn't work for the show and it didn't work to set up their relationship, but yeah, that that just that was a sticking point for me. I really didn't care for that choice. What did you think of that? Yeah, it's one of those things where it is definitely not the choice I would have made. It. It does definitely strike as, like you said, it's one of those decisions that Titans makes. Sometimes where 
and this is going to sound much more harsh than it needs to be, but it's like they can't get out of their own way, where it's like they can't help themselves of doing something. I, I don't even say it's controversial, but just something different just to do it. Or like, It was just unnecessary. And again, I don't care. It didn't bother me that much. But I will admit that I was kind of like, huh, that, that's a decision. Like, that's that's kind of odd. But and they did throw it away really quickly with a line. And I'm hoping again, I'm hoping we come back to it to maybe give more depth as to why it happened. Because I will give Titans credit this year where if they've made a decision that I wasn't crazy about, they have kind of gone back and explained it better. Well, so, yeah, I think I think the Bruce Wayne story is is a good example of that. So I'm kind of hoping that that is the case here. If it's not, oh well. But I don't I don't see Titans this season as where Barbara says I'm trying to keep my father on his toes, something to like give my father. To, I don't think that's a throwaway line. I think there there's going to be more to her relationship with her father, or why she decided to become Batgirl, or why she be decided to start you know, heisting jewels because there, there has to be something there with, she must've obviously had a problem with her father's reliance on Batman at some point, And she wanted to make sure he was still okay. So I do appreciate that. Yeah, I do too. Uh, It's just the, the, I don't know them being kind of criminals just didn't work for me. Different way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Outside of that, I, one thing I'm I was a little blurry on is is where this fell and was was she Batgirl at the time or not? I because I know she she knew that Dick was was Robin and and she apparently knew that Bruce was Batman. So in the episode they discuss Robin actually said, "Oh they, yeah, that's right, the Robin girl line." She come work with Bruce, and that was the whole you know the joke about Robin girl or Batgirl. And I, I thought that was a fun interaction between the two of them. Um, it's, it, it falls into the cheesy category for me, but I, I think cheesy sometimes on a show like this works because it is sometimes a little too serious. So I mm-hmm. think it's those little, almost like a wink at the camera moment. And I, I think it was fun. And I, I do just like the two of them having a relationship. I, I don't need it to be a, you know, full-fledged romantic relationship, but I, I like the two of them being close. I think that's really important. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, and we're actually going to come back to that at the end of, at, in the next episode. But I do think that for as, as much as this episode kind of just, like we said, it's kind of a transition. I do think the end of the episode is, is pretty worthwhile because we kind of get some, some movement in the story here. Uh, with Jason Todd once again going rogue and uh, going a, a step too far because he's he's mad at Scarecrow for uh, leaning on Lady Vic instead of him, and he takes the drug this uh, this chemical compound this drug that they've developed to the streets and ends up uh, giving it to some some crooks who kill Tim Drake's father. So I thought that was a very interesting way to to involve Tim Drake and to, to get him a little deeper into the story. What did you think of that? Yeah, well, I, they did not confirm that he has died. So, yes, oh, that's have, true. Yeah. We assume that is going to lead to something. We don't know. In the comics, his father is still alive when he becomes Robin. So I don't know if they're going to have this be the motivation if he's still alive or if he is killed. So we'll see. But yeah, I, again, this episode, 
I think the biggest issue that this episode suffers from is it's this is where the week to week format is tough when you have such a, ser- a uh, serialized story. And I think it's good that we're able to talk about this episode and the following episode because this episode did really inform the following one. And especially with, you know, like you said, with Dick and Barbara's relationship. And then, yeah, as far as Jason going off the deep end again to, to go after, you know, indirectly go after Tim's father and, and see all that kind of set up. And also we get a little bit of the beginning of Blackfire and Starfire's relationship. There's a lot going on in the episode without a lot of action. So it's, that's, that's why I keep just going back to that word transition. It's, it's a slower episode. Um, but I will still say, I think this show is, we're on episode, this is episode six. And then the following one was episode seven, correct? Yes. So in my opinion, before we jump the gun to get to seven, the show is seven for seven with having at least one good action scene in each episode. And I, as much as we might be kind of ragging on this episode, the fight between Barbara and Lady Vic at the, at the end is amazing. I, I love that. I love that they gave Barbara an awesome action scene in the wheelchair. Yeah, for sure. The, the choreography in this show, so far as fight scenes, is top-notch, and, and it doesn't disappoint here either. Um, but to get that performance in a wheelchair is, I don't know if it was it was actually her or if it was a, a, a double but it was phenomenal action and it was, it was really, really cool. Uh, so I did enjoy that. And, and just to be clear, I didn't dislike this episode. I, we've just had so many great episodes this season. It was a little bit of a lull for me. Yeah, no, completely agree. And also I want to just really quick touch base or uh, touch on the, the red um, bad phone Easter egg. That was, that was a cool touch. Oh, I completely forgot about that. See, it's been two weeks since I've seen the episode. So I have it on in the background. <laughs> Luckily, it came right to that. So, so yeah, that that's a cool little nod to, to Batman sixty six, obviously. Very much so. Okay, well, it sounds like we're about in the same in the same position with episode six, Lady Vic. We liked it, didn't love it, but still pretty good. Uh, but that brings us to the next episode, our most recent episode, episode seven, titled fifty one percent, which I still think is an odd title. But anyway, <laughs> our synopsis here. Recognizing that Jason still fears Dick, Crane has him drugged. Dick convinces Barbara to find Crane with the computer Oracle, but Barbara deactivates it when Crane hacks into the system. Corey and Blackfire visit mob boss Valeska Knox, who offers to give up Crane's location if they reunite her with her son Michael. However, when Valeska shoots Michael for being an FBI informant, Corey retaliates by killing her. Nevertheless, Corey and Blackfire help Dick locate Crane's drug plant through interrogating one of Valeska's henchmen. The Titans destroy the facility, forcing Crane to flee with Jason. In the aftermath, Dick and Barbara resume their relationship. Seeking to help Jason, Gar tracks down Molly. Blackfire informs Corey that she killed their parents in self-defense. Okay, so Joe, 51%. What did you think of this one? All right, so... Two things right off the bat. Number one, I'm going to defend this title because I like obscure titles that you don't know the context before you watch the episode. And I think the title is very relevant with the whole Blackfire Starfire conversation. I think it means, I think it's really important that whole, you basically take 51% 
as the right thing to do, even if it's that close. Or like, like I, I don't remember the exact conversation, but it almost is kind of that the Bruce Wayne line in PVS, where if it's a one percent chance, we have to take it as an absolute certainty. In this case, it's if you have two options and you you determine they are really really close options. If you get to fifty one percent of one, you have to take it as you made the right decision. And I I like that I like that kind of the gray area of decision making. And I mm-hmm. think that's really gonna come strong into play with Jason because they have to decide whether Jason is worth saving or not. And they have to make that determination. And it could come down to a fifty one versus forty nine percent uh decision. So I, I think there's a lot of layers to that that being the title and it does obviously work to the the whole blackfire thing because we don't really know where blackfire is going in this either so i i like stuff like that i i like you know little as a title is it a weak title yeah obviously like there's no it's it's not a great title but i i like the i like what the title means and i think making that the title of the episode is them telling you hey this this is going to mean more so when you hear it in the conversation you remember it because you know it's the title of the episode. I think that's that's my biggest takeaway from the title. Oh, yeah, it absolutely fits with the story they're telling. It's just when you look at the list of episode titles, it's it's jarringly different. Yes, because all of the <laughs> titles are obvious titles. Yeah, because, I mean, most all of them are names of characters. Yeah. Or or with Lazarus, I mean, that's the, the one outlier, but we know what that is. I mean, that's you know, Jason rising from the dead and things like that. So with 51%, it's just, it's a very jarring title as a change in the list. But yeah, to your point, so far as the story, it works. Now, whether you agree with the, with, with the 51% decision-making that was made in this episode is kind of a different story because I think, uh, Joe, once again, you and I, well, not once again, but you and I are on a little bit of different sides of the fence when it comes to, um, Starfire's actions in this episode. So, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Well, that would that would have been my second thing. Is yes, I when that woman kills her son, and it wasn't oh, sh- uh, you know, I don't know if I could say that on the show. Oh shit, moment. Um, I apologize. So you got to beat that out. <laughs> but <laughs> I I gasped. I was like, oh no, and I'm sorry. I was all for it. I was all for Starfire killing her. I didn't even blink at the notion Starfire has killed on the show prior. Um, in the comics, she has a history of killing when she first gets to Earth, and the Titans kind of bring her back from that. So mm-hmm. I did assume that was the case. I did look it up after we talked about it, and that is the case. where she She's not a ruthless killer, you know, once she establishes herself here. But when she first gets here and, you know she's learning the ways of earth and all that she does you know in the early issues kill a little bit and i'm sorry in this situation it fits the show and i i had no problem with it that that woman just killed her son because of something that starfire did in making a deal with her and i i felt it showed the point that you know you don't make a deal with the mob because they're too unpredictable and you're gonna suffer for it and she obviously felt guilty for what had happened to the boy and she took it out on the mother. And yes, I get it. Our heroes are not supposed to kill people, but I didn't care. <laughs> like I, I'm just sorry. I just didn't care. So here's where I am with it. 
I don't. I'm. I'm not a. I understand people not liking it. I completely get it. I just. Don't care. And that's not the thing. Like I, I, I am not a prude when it comes to my superheroes. It doesn't bother me if, uh, if, if someone a superhero ends up killing, um, for a good reason. Uh, but I think my issue here is it, it, the whole little subplot felt completely unnecessary. Like I feel that that Starfire, and I know that there's a little bit of a conflict with her kind of, um using some of Blackfire's tactics here. And yeah, that, I think that's what they're going for is they're trying to determine who Starfire is going to lean towards Blackfire's techniques or dicks. But using this method to me seemed unnecessary because in my mind, Starfire should already know going in that making a deal with the mob is not something that the Titans should be doing. I mean, if you go back to season two, um, doing something as sideways as using Jericho to get to uh, Wilson is a thing there where you where you should have known from Dick's past experience, which all the Titans now know about. Okay, we don't need to blur this line. So for me, it was just the whole thing was unnecessary. I think we could have gotten to oh, Crane is working with the mob without this whole. Starfire murdering this lady side story. Yeah. Uh, for I, the I, show, though, I know what this show is going for. It works, so I just go for it. Uh, or go with it, excuse me. But I just, I, I think it was a little unnecessary. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I understand where you're coming from with that. It's just for me, again, I, I'm going to give the show the benefit of the doubt because I've enjoyed this season so much. I think they're giving you more of... They're they're really gonna explore the whole Blackfire Starfire relationship more, and I'm hoping that that's why they did that. And because right now, we all assume Blackfire is gonna be a villain, mm-hmm. but if you didn't know that going in, I'm really intrigued by what they're doing with her. I mean, even knowing that going in, I'm really intrigued by what they're doing with her because you want to like I don't know about you, I want to believe what she's saying. I and she could even be telling the truth and she still might turn bad. But I really I love her in this show. I I think she's brought such a really interesting dynamic to Starfire's, you know, character and I'm really curious whether again, whether she turns bad or not, I'm curious what they do with her and how I'm going to feel when it happens because her as a character, her as an actress, I'm really intrigued by it. And I, I just, I think the actress is doing a phenomenal job. I, I didn't expect to care as much about that as I do the Jason stuff. And I'm kind of mm-hmm. there right now. No, yeah. And so far as that goes, I, I really do enjoy the relationship going on there between the sisters. Um, I'm very, I'm very interested to see where that's going to go, but that is just a little nitpick uh, in an otherwise, what I think is a fantastic episode. Um, I really like what's going on with Jason and crane. Uh, the, the little interaction that we got where, uh, Jason is kind of apologizing for, for stepping out of bounds in the last episode and crane just acting like everything's okay. And then, this uh this this compound that they have that they have created, Jason goes to take some more of it and well, 
Scarecrow's not exactly happy with him and has altered this drug a little bit. So I thought that was that was very interesting and very well done. So basically, this entire episode we have Jason tied to a chair, uh, which I I thought I thought it was great that you have Scarecrow being this dominant force and and keeping Red Hood under his thumb. And then he just completely turns into a sissy when the Titans show up, which I thought was great because it's such a it's such a like a like a, a villainous thing to, to to be so verbose and big and bad. And then when the heroes show up, you change your tune. Yeah, it's a vintage scarecrow, too, mm-hmm, for sure. And we got we got to mention where they are. Uh, snowy cones. Uh, yep. Great. Um I don't. I don't know if you'd consider that an Easter egg or just a great nod to, to you know, Mister Freeze. And I was, I honestly, for a second, was like, oh wow, are we gonna get a big Mister Freeze Easter egg of some sort? We don't. Um, other than the fact that they are at Snowy Cones, and we get a great action set piece here. Oh, and it's and they, they name drop Mister Freeze. Yes, so it's it it's definitely a Mr. Freeze hideout, which is really cool. And another little Easter egg we got, which you did I don't think you noticed it um when they first mentioned it in the show. I don't know if you've rewatched the episode, but this hideout is in the Conroy district of Gotham, which I thought was a really cool Easter egg because we all love Kevin Conroy. Yeah, I didn't catch it and you reminded me. And no, I I've only watched the episode once. I didn't get a chance to watch it a second time yet. And the other thing, if you want to bring it up, I, I completely agree with you. What was your big nitpick on Jonathan Crane in this episode? Ooh, my big nitpick. Yeah, it's it, um, when he's talking to the mob boss. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you for reminding me. Um, I thought when Crane went to meet with the mob bosses in this episode, it was the perfect opportunity to put him in the Scarecrow outfit, and they still haven't done it yet. And I just thought that was a missed opportunity. Did did you agree with that? No, I, I thought it while I was watching it. I completely agree. I thought about it while I was watching it, and it made me nervous to think, okay, if they're not going to do it here, are they going to do it? Mm-hmm. And I really hope they're they're holding back and we do get a reveal later on in the season because we, we are on episode seven. We still have six more to go. There's a lot of story that can be told in six episodes. Um, I, I do still hold out hope that either he gets expelled before the end of the season <laughs> or, <laughs> or we get a reveal. We get a nice costume reveal. I, I just, cause it's on right now. Again, I I'm kind of flipping around on the episodes. Um, the interaction between Blackfire and Connor is hysterical. I, I love the two of them interacting. Yeah, she's got a uh, she's got a very interesting attraction towards Connor. So <laughs> um, we'll see where that goes. But yeah, I just when when Crane walked in and you heard his voice as the as the mob bosses were talking, and one of them looked in the in that direction and said Scarecrow, I just knew they were going to show him in the suit. And then they don't. So that's what, yeah, they say the scarecrow name, and and I a lot of people have a complaint of the actor in this show so far, and I feel like I feel like if he had the mask on, I don't think people would have the same complaint. Yeah, I think at this point, it's for some people, and and I think he's doing a, a fabulous job. But 
I think at this point it's it, you're not seeing Scarecrow. You're just seeing some guy named Scarecrow. So even though I think the mannerisms and the way he moves sometimes are very Scarecrow, um, I, I think putting him in the suit would go a long way to fix that for some people. Yeah, because he just doesn't – physically he doesn't look like what we've known Jonathan Green to look like in the comics. But personally, if you clo- – like to me, if I close my eyes and listen to him speak, I think he sounds the part perfectly. Yeah, I agree completely. But yeah, uh, when we get to the end of the episode and he he flees with Jason, so they're, they're still on the loose. Um, what did you think of the Dick and Barbara kind of – looks like a budding relationship there at the end of the episode? Um. As far as the romantic relationship? Yes. Uh, I love it. Uh, I, I like them having a relationship. I I don't know where it's going to go. Uh, I just, I like the two of them together. I feel like in the comics, they've always missed each other. I know everyone always talks about how they love Dick and Barbara having a relationship in the comics. But like I said to you, I think on one of our past episodes, they never really do have an, a relationship in the comics. It's just always alluded to. We never mm-hmm. actually have the relationship. So I'm really, I'm happy if they get to have that here, but because it's Titans, I do kind of worry that something bad is going to happen because it's Titans. Well, I agree with you, but then again, I mean, if, if something happens to where Dick, Dick doesn't, you know, end up being in a relationship with Barbara. I think it perfectly fits Dick's character because everyone knows in the comics, a character flaw of Dick Grayson is that he is a, he's, he's a man whore. So, um, and everyone always says he's a man whore. I look at it. He just falls in love too much. He's not actually taking advantage of these women. He literally just gets too wrapped up in whatever woman he's with at that point. But yeah, and maybe that's the case. But either way, it would it would fit his character. So, but I, it, I actually was going darker than that. I was I worry for Barbara's life on this show. You know, with Titans, that's a very real possibility. So I hope not because I really like her as Barbara. So we'll see. But, but I mean, one of people's biggest complaints on these shows is it's too Batman heavy. So. And Titans likes to use the Bat character. Like everyone says, it's ironic to me how people say this show hates Batman, yet it's too Batman heavy. So, yeah, <laughs> which actually, is it? <laughs> they actually use the Batman characters to further the plots. And if that means, you know, killing them off or, or making them leave, that's kind of what they do. So mm-hmm. I am kind of nervous about that now that I think about it, but we'll see. Cause I, I love Savannah Welch as Barbara. I think she's done a great job and, and we'll see where it goes from here. Agreed. Um, one of the most fascinating parts of the episode to me is the fact that Gar is still trying his damnedest to redeem Jason, mm-hmm. which is so interesting that, that, that one of the Titans after seeing what Jason has done, it, being in the same building, uh, with Hank when he died because of Jason is still trying to figure out a way to, to redeem Jason. So this, this little uh, side quest at the end of the episode of Gar tracking down Molly, which we saw in a, in a previous episode in this season, which was a friend of Jason Todd's. And I think I even said, I think, I think Molly may be the redeeming factor for Jason. It looks like that's the direction we're headed, which, you know, with Titans, it can go, Anyway, but I really like that that they're giving this purpose to Gar. 
Um, because, I mean, in the season so far, he's kind of been a side character to everyone else. And I like this little side mission for him to track down Molly and to try to bring her in to, to help with what's going on with Jason. What did you think of that, Joe? I completely agree. And I think it makes so much sense for it to be Gar because when you look back at season two, Gar had such a close relationship with Jason, good or bad. They they butted heads a lot. They had a lot of friction. Gar mm-hmm. felt responsible for what happened with Jason and Deathstroke. It makes sense for Gar to take this so personally and to really fear for for what's happening. So I just I and like you said, it, Gar has to. And I can't disagree with this. A lot of people have said that Gar kind of gets the short end of the stick on this show. They don't tend to focus on him as much as the other characters. I think making him the emotional drive in this episode and and probably going further with trying to redeem Jason, it gives his character a lot more depth than we have seen in the in the past. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Uh, but I think it's a perfect fit because – Gar, like Jason, like Raven, is one of the younger, newer Titans. And he's he's one of the ones that rec- that kind of, I guess, feels that closer bond with Jason. So I, it, I agree with you completely. I think it makes sense for this to be Gar's mission. And I'm very curious to see where this goes with Molly in future episodes. But there we go. That's, uh, that's episode 751%. So I think this one... Um, this one landed a little bit better for me than episode six, Joe. What what did you think? No, definitely. I think that's it was important for them to come back with a great, you know, action packed episode. On top of still they're they're still furthering the characters. You know, they're not mm-hmm. they're not jeopardizing one to, you know, defeat the other. But I with the week to week format, it can get a little hit or miss sometimes. I think all of these shows work better when binged as a whole. Mm-hmm. But I see week-to-week format is so much fun because we get to have something to look forward to each week. And this was back to, I think I said, like, to you, I think I texted you saying, okay, Titans is back. Like, that that whole action scene was just so much fun, and there was so much going on. And I don't think they've had a miss yet. I think they've had lulls. I think mm-hmm. they've had lower episodes. But to me, they're seven for seven as far as quality. And... I love the fact that we're getting 13 episodes. I remember season one was only 11. I felt like that was a little too short. I think 13 for me is the wheelhouse when it comes to superhero TV shows because you don't get too much filler with 13 episodes and you don't – it doesn't feel rushed. So I'm so looking forward to where this is still going. Again, we're we're just over halfway there, and look what we got so far in seven episodes. So – we still have no idea what's going on with Raven. Have not seen her at all, which I was never expecting. I don't know about you. I did not expect that at all. Yeah, I think that's so far. And I agree with everything you're saying. I think they are seven for seven. There's been lulls, but I think overall, this is still the best season of Titans we've had so far. Um, but I, it was interesting when I thought about the title being 51%, and I think that is my hesitation right now, is we're over halfway through with this season, and we still haven't seen Rachel, and we still haven't seen what's, what they're going to do with Donna. So I'm a li- if, I'm, if I'm being honest, I'm a little concerned about that. I hope it's not kind of rushed at the end of the season. But yeah, I- un- unless they're saving that as kind of the big – 
the big news in the finale to lead us into season four. That could be the case. I don't know. I hope, I kind of hope not because I'd like to see those two Titans in the show before the end, but we'll see. Yep, completely agree. I hope that, I, I kind of hope that either this episode or the next episode is the, like a side episode that focuses on them. Like, I hope they dedicate just one episode to what has been going on with the two of them and maybe have bookends of the, you know, the, the current stuff with, with Jason and Jonathan Crane and, and all that maybe, or at least just end the episode with that. Or even if they just ignore that completely for one episode and we get a full episode of Raven of, you know, from the minute season two ends to present day. And I think that would be cool, but We'll see. The next episode title is Home. I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but that's what I saw. Yeah, so. it's it's not listed on IMDb yet. So, and I, and I'm scared now to say what the next episode title is going to yeah, be. The first thing I saw was Home. So we'll, I'm gonna you know, tentatively go with that, but we'll see. Okay, so the Titans Wiki has all of the remaining episodes listed. Um, so it does have episode eight being titled Home. And then Nine is Souls, Troubled Water, The Call is Coming from Inside the House, Prodigal, and Purple Rain. So some very interesting episode titles forthcoming. The Call from the The Call is Coming from the Inside of the House. That just sounds like a horror movie to me. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's obviously a play on what was it? Um oh, what was that nineties movie? What's that from? Oh, uh Scream? No, it, that's actually a line from a nineties film. Oh, I thought you were talking about the uh, the phone call in screen. No, so the 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 call is coming from inside the house is actually a line from a '90s horror film, or not even a horror film. Um, oh God, I gotta look it up now because it's gonna bother me. <laughs> I've heard the line before. It was used in a crazy Bud Ice commercial. Do you remember those stupid Penguin Bud Ice commercials? Um, with the doobie doobie do, <laughs> yeah. Just, so it was used as a parody for that, and I just always remember, um, it was called uh, "When a Stranger Calls." That was the film. Okay, cool. Yeah, the 1979 is when a stranger calls. Nineties, so, so I'm wrong on that, but I just knew it was <laughs> a. I knew it was an old movie that uh, it was taken from. So there you go. <laughs> awesome. Well. Anyway, there's uh, there's lots to look forward to, I think, with Titans. Uh, so just know, everyone, whether we do it in bonus episodes or whether we cover it in a full episode, because scheduling conflicts do happen, we will cover the rest of Titans. And I, I for one, am looking forward to it. I think you are too, Joe. 100%. Um, now I, I'm going to say this is starting to – we'll see how the season how the season wraps up. But this is nudging Superman and Lois for my favorite superhero show of the year. So we'll see where it goes. Um, I don't know where you're at with that. Are you still Falcon and Winter Soldier? Uh, I think just my bias will have this top that because I am a DC guy first, even as much as I love Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. uh, I admit my bias 100%. This is probably going to top that no matter what. Oh, there's nothing wrong with a bias as long as you admit you have one. Exactly. Like, I think Falcon <laughs> Soldier might be the better show when all is said and done. But that does not mean I will not like this more, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, completely. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you guys for going 
on this mission with us uh, to go through the Titans episodes. Um, Joe, thank you again for for being my co-host and, and powering through this thing with me. I really enjoy doing this with you. Um, but until next time, where can the folks find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as jforn 11 and on Facebook as Joe Forno. Awesome, awesome. And for my personal pages, you can find me on social media on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Facebook is just Eric Carter. Instagram and Twitter, it's me, Carter89. That's M-E, Carter89. Uh, for the show, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. Once again, the email for the show is tfrbatpod at gmail.com. We have a presence on TeePublic. If you just go to tpublic.com and search tfrbatpod, you can find our logo on all kinds of merchandise there. Uh, so we'd really appreciate that. Uh, absolutely not asking anyone to, but we appreciate it when you do. Um, but until next time, we thank you for listening, and we just ask you to keep that bat signal lit and pointed skyward. Batman was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane. The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast, is in no way associated with AT&T, Warner Brothers, or DC Comics. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the participants are solely theirs and do not represent the companies that they work for. Thank you for listening. I hope you're watching the news. I said Gotham had a real party tonight. I was wrong about you, Jason. I underestimated you. Good work. You're not mad I stole your stash? No. It's all good, man. With this new machine, I got plenty. Thought you might be pissed. Mm. Anger's just fear in a little black dress. Now, nah, my dude, you can relax. I'm not the Batman. Damn, those attacks tonight were awesome. Our partners don't think so. Oh, really? Yeah. The heads of the five families called an emergency meeting. Said they want to speak to Red Hood. That's why I stopped by. Gotta fuel up. Don't worry. I'll show him who's boss. <coughs> Where did you put in that? <coughs> <coughs> I said, I'm not the Batman. <laughs>